Good day, Naked Vocalist episode four, Chris Johnson here. Steve Giles here. So we're back again, and uh, this is our first specialist episode, and we're going to build this one around, can we have a big ooh? Ooh. Ooh. Hitting high notes. Ooh. Because let's face it, is that not the thing you hear that people want to do the most? The most. Whenever you ask a question in a lesson, what can we help you with? What's, <laughs> what's the deal? Well, there's this note. Oh, it's the high stuff. <laughs> and God knows we've been there. Um, so, and still uh, are. And st- <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's what we're going to do the bulk of. But we've got, you know, as always, we've got news to uh, bring you up to speed on, which uh, maybe I'll uh, hand over to you talking about the sir wow. that we know. <laughs> what a start. <laughs> this week... It really is, is worth mentioning that Sir David Stroud, <laughs> I love that, is in the UK. He's doing seminars and workshops and one-to-one lessons. If you, if this is the first time you've heard this podcast, you wouldn't have heard the last podcast when we, when we interviewed Dave, and we basically spent an hour chatting with him about him. Absolutely, and, and it was just a yeah, it's a great insight. Him being in the UK is a fantastic opportunity to spend some real time with the man. And uh, in fact, by the time this is released, he will be on his final stop in London. That's right. Which is uh, which would be awesome. And so if you want more information on that, then please go to shedlightevents.com because they are hosting all of the events in London concerned with Dave Stroud. That's right. And if, if unless I'm mistaken, it's the 16th of November is the actual day he's there doing all kinds of stuff. So there's that. That is very exciting, and he's a terrific teacher, so please get along yeah, to see vocal him. Vocal wizard. So what, uh, what else is going on there, Chris? Well, what is next? Next we have, well, lots of news. Why don't we start with your news? What, what's new with Steve Giles and his projects? Wow, are we our way? There's, there's tons going on at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think this week mainly is all about Love Soul Hype which is a, 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 it's a, it's a singing school for young singers that we've created. Uh, myself and the team have spent years immersed in teaching groups and, and teaching young people with some other awesome organisations. Um, but now we're just looking to create our own kind of, our own kind of thing. You know, it pulls together all of our skills to create something that would just really benefit these young singers. Mm-hmm. So on that, we're looking for singers who are a little, probably a little bit further down the line in terms of ability and focus. We'll be covering pop, musical theatre, so that these guys can really get an idea of which singing journey they want to take in their life. There'll be loads of technique involved, obviously, and other cool things just to help help them get on yeah. as a singer. So, so the more experienced sort of young singer is going to be suited to this, because it's going to be a bit more technical. Yeah, initially it's going to be people that have just got a little bit of an idea of what's going on in terms of technique and their voice. And in that, we've got some auditions. I think, yeah, the audition is going to be passed by the time that this, this is released there in Southampton next Wednesday. But please get in contact, lovesoulhype.com, to find out about some more or if we can arrange something else, if you know any young singers. Cool. I'm really excited about that, actually. It's, it's, going, to be, it's going to be really cool. I'm, to, the vision is just to create some really great singers together and just see what we can produce. And don't you... Uh, I mean, I'm sure you feel the same, and, and that's why I'm looking forward to seeing how that pans out, because when you get a young singer in, in the teaching room, or even when you see them on stage and you hear, maybe they're 14 or 15 years old, and you think, well, you know, if, if the rules of practice are so, and that if someone practices reasonably regularly for five years, they get pretty good, and you look at a 15-year-old and you go, 
when you're 20, you're going to be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Do you, yeah. ever, do you ever see I say, that? I say that all the time. You know they that? come yeah. in and you yeah. go, oh my God, if you did this three times a week for four right. years, I mean, you would be taking over the world and you wouldn't even be, yeah. you'd, you'd still be a teenager. Yeah. And, it, and that, at that moment in time, you're just thinking, please do it. Please do it. Yeah, yeah, please do it. I'll do whatever you want. I'll give you, I'll give you whatever you want. Sweet. I'll, I'll bring in presents for you. Just stick at it, all right? But, uh, so, exactly yeah, that's, that. um, that's an exciting project. Man. really is. But, okay, so that's, that's, that's me. What about you? What's going on in your life? I thought you were never going to ask me. Um, well, look, I've, got, I've just released a new website, which um, I designed my own on iWeb, which I'm sure many people out there would sympathise as, uh, as that being... Like pulling teeth, really. <laughs> really hard. I'm not that great at graphic design, so having this person design me one that looks that looks really great, um, I, I'm very happy to announce that is up and running at chrisjohnsonvocalcoach.com. Um, and that has uh, started my blog on there and a bunch of other things, and I will keep adding to that. And so that's half of my news, but I've, I've coupled that release with announcing that I'm teaching now in London, so I'm, I've got a new studio that I can teach at in Hampstead. So that's quite a quite an adventure that's going to be. Mm. A completely new location with a completely different set of um, aspirations from the singers. I'm sure. I'm sure that you know the the demographic in different cities just brings about such different people. Such different people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cultures, genres. Um, uh, you know, people who may be even even closer to being professional or even not. You know, it's, I'm I'm not sure what to expect, so I'm um, I'm just uh, looking forward to settling in. I bet you are. Yeah, that's it. It just opens that whole new world for you, doesn't it? In terms yeah. of teaching, which is which is awesome. So yeah, sexy website, sexy website, new studio. It's all going on. I think I've got a kettle and everything. It's <laughs> brilliant. So there's that, and uh, we you know we've got some other news that we we we're going to share with you over the. Um, coming weeks some of it's to do with actual us uh, us, uh, providing some material for upcoming music magazines as the naked vocalist so that's really great that that opportunity is going to open up for us and we'll tell you more about that soon but we are going to now get into the 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 bones as we like the the meat and bones of this uh, particular subject which is hitting high notes and i think we just came up with this one just because it it probably is out of all the singers you meet going to be the most talked about topic. you know topic um desire of a student and 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 as you mentioned earlier as we were talking that when a student comes in they just come out with it they're just i can't sing high mm. and sometimes you know i mean from a from a, if i talk about some female singers i get female singers come in and um we're in this quite high voice they say i'm an alto and from from knowing what speaking voices kind of sit like, mm. I'm pretty sure that singer is not an alto. Mm. And an alto is, for those who are confused about that, an alto is somebody who would sing the deep part in a choir. You know, A lot of ladies call themselves altos because they sing deeply. Mm. Um, but a lot of singers don't have a deep voice. They just have a problem getting up, Damn. getting high in the range. And so I'm... I'm not usually convinced when when someone says I can't sing high notes. Self-diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, but it's really true. Um, it just takes a lot of practice, which is exactly what we're here to do. I mean, you must hear that in the guys, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's it. I mean, for men, it's exactly the same. It's kind of what you know, and most young guys, I, I, I'm 
speak to myself here, but you know, when we're younger, we do like the sound of, of <clears throat> we like the sound of feeling of being manly. You know, when we when we get the low voice, boy, yeah, when the voice breaks, and you know, and, and and staying around those pitches and being low all the time, you know, it really helps us get good at being low, yeah, and speaking and singing low because we sing there all the time, and yeah, we're cool, and speak there as well, yeah, yeah. Um, so if we, you know, if we continue to be a, a, a kind of manly man as we grow older <laughs> and don't let go of that we are ingraining that fact that we are a low singer all the time and you know I hear that a lot as you said when singers come in the quiet work that I do you know a lot of guys are coming and say I'm a bass I'm a bass it's like well again, they might come in and go I'm a bass <laughs> which is like I'm a bass <laughs> I'm a bass you are not a bass <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah, and but you know, true bases are actually really rare. And like you said, you've got this thought in the back of your mind of, is that just what you know? And I'm sure we can work you out of being a base at some point in your life if you want to stick with something. Yeah, and you know, you, you know you'll end up realizing you're a tenor. Yeah, um, or, or something like that. And it, it, but I can totally um, uh, sympathise with that sort of that pressed down, deep speaking voice because I know when I was at school. Um, I had this sort of flippy voice. I, I, well, my nick, nick, nickname was Mickey Mouse, so that's haunted me. So that's nice. <laughs> living on, yeah, living on because I had this like crazily high laugh. Yeah, and for years yeah. I actually pushed my voice down really too far, and it's and it did for a while sort of screw up my singing voice. My singing voice didn't seem mm. to be very um, oh, just really unruly. Yeah, but because I was off the level. Because you are well known for your. Hi, laugh. The one that sort of yeah takes wallpaper off walls and stuff. Yeah. I am sorry to everyone but that's that, around me. But do you feel that embracing that feminine side really did help your uh, man? Yeah. When, when I speak to um, guys who were trying to uh, um, make yeah work on those high notes and and addressing where their voice actually sits naturally, which is what we're kind of just talking about briefly, is that yeah you talk to those guys and I I would use the fact that when I came to terms with the fact that I actually sound a bit camp, mm. right? My voice is a high tenor's voice. Then I, my voice started working really well. It was really efficient. It had loads of power. I felt good as a singer because that was me. This was not me. Mm, it was it me, me post puberty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was me trying to think. Right, I'm a man now, and I desperately don't want to flip. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to press it down yeah. and keep it there until I was 23. Right. Which is just a real common thing. So if you're a guy out there, really explore this subject before you attempt That's high it. notes. So for girls and boys, what we're talking about here is exposure to the thing that we actually have problems with or you know, facing a mm. demon. It's like, I can't sing high notes. Well, you probably can, but you just need to face it. Yeah. And, and get out of what we know. And it's full of, full of errors. Facing it, isn't it? Exactly that. And we're, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why it's tricky to sing high notes and how we can go about getting through the turmoil that is the range. The range, yeah, absolutely. So that's where we're at. So we, I think it's really useful to go into a little bit of sort of positioning about the voice. It's really useful to understand which parts of the voice there are they're called registers the top and the bottom and some vocal signs so I'll, I'll kick that off and talk about the registers now registers are the bottom register it's called chest voice it's only called that because the vocal cords vibrate and they create sound waves and those sound waves they get resonated by a space which is the throat and uh, those vibrations are felt strongly in the chest and if you put your hands at the top of your chest and just 
give the deepest sound you can give, like hey. la la la, yeah. you will feel those vibrations from your throat go down into your chest. And so people call that chest voice. Um, the other register that we, we're concerned with is the top part of your voice, and that's called head voice. Um, just to add to chest, by the way, the vocal cords at that point are very short and very thick. And when we get to head voice, the resonance in the voice starts to become dominant in another area, another space gives it energy, and that is the mouth. So when you're in that part, people often feel that in their nose, in their head, you know, some people call it the mask, and that is just resonance in the mouth sort of vibrating through the head. And at that point, the vocal cords, they are a different shape and size. They are, they're stretched, long and thin, to so, create a higher pitch. So just to summarise that again, because there's a lot of emotion there. So the, the, the low bottom voice, chest voice, yeah. it feels chesty to the singer. It feels like, yeah, you can feel the vibrations in your chest. Mm. It's very notable um, uh, feeling. You, you know when you're there. And as you go higher, that then shifts into what would be called head voice. That's it. And the sound is actually resonating in the mouth at that point. In just so mouth. we can feel it in our head and behind our eyes. That's it. I mean, the hard palate, which is at the top of the mouth, is, is a hard surface and it does conduct vibrations. And those vibrations on the other side of the hard palate is the nose and, and, and the upper part of the head. And depending on how, how high you go, it can feel even more different. Um, but all the time, the throat and the mouth, they're the two resonant chambers in the voice that give the voice energy. They are resonating both all of the time. Mm. It's just in the bottom part of the voice, it's the throat dominantly, mostly. And when you're in the top part of the voice, it's the mouth mostly. But they both contribute all the time all in the different time. proportions. And you, you touched upon a muscular change there with the chords. That's it. If, if you think about a guitar string, the, the deep string on a guitar is, is kind of fat. And so the vocal chords mimic that. In the lower part of the voice, they uh, they create a, a deep pitch when they're when they're short and fat like that. But as you stretch anything like a rubber band, um, it starts to raise in pitch. And the thinner strings on the guitar are also the high ones. So that's how the vocal cords achieve that vibration and that raising pitch. Is they have to change physical shape, and then the chambers above it complement that, which is I think what you're going to talk about now, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, as you say, what we're doing here is just outlining what is going on, so then we can go on and talk about why it's hard. Yeah. So just to go into that a tiny bit more detail, it's so hard not to go crazy on this, but we've got like a speciality episode coming up in the future, I think, on harmonics and vowels and the science behind how we create sound. Yeah. But let's just go into the tricky part of the voice, because we need to transition through that in order to get to these high notes. So if we talk about the bridge area, the passaggio... People call it different things, but that middle part, it's a good start to say that there is a notable muscular change, as you said, at the chord level, but that is coupled with this huge shift in resonance between the bottom voice and the top voice, again, as you mentioned just a second ago. Yeah. Um, but that shift in resonance is one of, the, one of the main things that makes us feel uncomfortable as we work through that part of the voice. And that's because it feels so weird. Yeah, yeah, and and it can make us do a whole host of crazy things when we get there, like react, react. <laughs> <laughs> but to understand how you know exactly how to fix or improve the way in which we sing these pitches in the bridge and up, it's worth just understanding a little bit more about these these two changes. So here comes the science bit. Very basic. We know that the sound that comes out of our mouth 
in the form of vowels is a direct reflection of the way we position our mouth and the throat. Absolutely. Those two chambers you talked about. Yeah, and, and they are what gives those vibrations from the vocal cords energy. Energy, that's a great word to use, yeah. Because for those who don't know, you know, in any case, sound always has a source, the thing that creates the sound, but then the sound waves emanate. They come from that source, and then the spaces around, surrounding that source, they give the sound energy. And it's actually the sound, the shape of that sound, that makes the sound unique and easy for us humans to distinguish exactly what that sound is. Yeah, so it's, it, those spaces essentially give the sound character. Character. That energy gives them a, a particular sound, Tone, which yeah. you recognise as being something. Something, yeah. So, for example, if you had a baseball bat in your hand... and I don't know where this is going. Um, you know, that's your, that's your source of sound. Right. Right. And you're in a church. <laughs> Here we go. You, you smash the wall. I, I just, a base, I'm with a, I'm in a, I've got a baseball bat. I'm in a church. <laughs> I, I, even I would have thought before I got a chance to do anything, they're going to get me out of there. <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> yeah, sorry, carry on. All I'm trying to say is the sound in a church, if you were to smash the wall of a church... <laughs> It's going to create a completely different sound to that of if you were smashing the wall in a, an office. Or a wardrobe. Or, or a wardrobe. Yeah, if you want to use it, if you want to smash your wardrobe. That could be, that, that'd be very dead, wouldn't it? One experiment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the spaces around that baseball bat will change the way in which that sound is produced and the colour and, and the tone as we talk. So, yeah. And that's just, that's acoustic science for you, isn't it? And, and mm. I think Steve's analogy of the bat against the wall is essentially the vocal cords vibrating. That's it. Yeah. That's creating the sound and the, the, the space is giving it a particular colour, character, a certain energy profile. That's right. The space is giving it the profile. And so as an example of that, the chords are the source. And if we were to manipulate one of the spaces in our, in our instrument, we talked about the two spaces being the throat and the mouth. Yeah. If we were to manipulate, say, the, the space in the throat... So by that, what we're going to do is, is change the level of the larynx in order to shorten or lessen the space mm-hmm. or make the space bigger. Because, because the larynx is the end of the vibratory mechanism, isn't it? That's it's, right. It's the, it's the start of where the spaces that resonate begin. That's right. So as an example, we would say, if we took the vowel E and we heard... Yeah, so you can hear that tonal change on the same pitch. And that's a different colour of the same pitch, yeah, different Mm. colour of the vowel E. Just by moving. There are some other things moving there, to be fair, but essentially that was mainly controlled by the level of the larynx and the Mm -hmm. space in the throat. You can try that yourselves, by the way. You're you're adjusting tone to go dark and bright and dark and bright, aren't you, to, to generate that movement. And you could probably feel your larynx in your neck, moving up and down as you did those changes. And that's, that's yeah. Great yeah. exercise to feel that. Yes. Yeah, go ahead. So, moving on, as we know this, as we know that we can, we can control these things, it means that as a singer we can, we can understand what to listen for in these tricky places, the bridge and upper register, yeah. and adjust accordingly. We can manipulate the spaces in the throat and the mouth to create the vowels, which can you know, highly support what the vocal cords are doing, and manage that huge shift that we talked about in resonance. 
Um, and in turn, that you know should create a powerful and easy sound. Mm. And yeah, keeping with the power, no matter how far you go up. Exactly that. We've got a lot of control over this situation. That's what we're we're saying here. So um, and that, so that leads back to the to the original question here: high note, the bridge. Why is it so tricky to sing in the bridge and sing these high notes? It's because the adjustments we need to make with these spaces, with the the larynx and all the other controlling things that we have here. It gets harder as we get higher. Mm-hmm. The adjustments get smaller. We need to be more precise and the room for error is lessened. So normally what we would do is just try anything. If, if, if there's a pitch that we're having trouble adjusting to, that's when we just get in there and just normally try and do anything to make that pitch happen. <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, there are a few go-to reactions for that, aren't they? That's as, it. as in excessive volume whatever squeeze yes yeah you know any any number of things that we can change and and uh yeah um it is so tricky in that bridge because steve's talked about the vocal cords and and we've talked about the vocals and what they do and what the resonance um can how it can behave under controlling vowels but those two situations neither of them can work without each other if the vocal cords react in some way to the changing pitches and sometimes they just react just because it feels weird you know they may tense up they may jam together and squeeze that in turn affects their ability to to adjust it certainly affects resonance and then going up in pitch stops right just the other way around if the vowel shaping isn't right if the if the resonance isn't energized in the right way above that source then the vocal cords the source they aren't supported and hence find it difficult to adjust so if your vowel is out your vocal cords can't work very well if your vocal cords are out and they're jamming up or letting go then your resonance isn't going to work well but when they are both in within your control then you have a vocal cord or sorry a bridge that is um easier to negotiate you have a range that is actually usable i think the word there is synergistic that's it absolutely hand in hand yes so that is a little bit of background a basic background around what's going on in those places and why it's tricky where are those places they are and i think you're going to take the piano at this point for males and females they're in different spots and so for guys if you were to sing songs that got towards the notes E or E flat, and that's E, e or E flat four, isn't it? Right. That is where the bottom voice begins to meet the top voice, where this notable change with the vocal cords and resonance occurs here in a very strong way. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's where it happens most. That's where you feel the big shift. But as we know... There's little bits and pieces before, before it. Before that, and dependent on voice, it can be lower or, or yeah. slightly higher. With the females, where are we, where are we looking? We are looking at A or A flat four above above the guy's bridge. Yeah, great. So so they're, they're the pitches there. Any songs that have those pitches in... <laughs> then you're going to be experiencing some issue. Some difference, yeah. And uh, and so that's, some, that, that's what we're going to be looking at. That's a lot of songs. <laughs> and, yeah, I think you touched upon something earlier on about songs and their pitches and where they're placed with male and female and it's all you could almost say to yourself well we know that it's really hard <laughs> to sing in those places in the range 
why are so many songs written there? <laughs> because actually, and uh, this this is quite interesting, is that when when you when you get to that resonant shift, the the energy that is gathered in your voice from doing that well is really powerful. It creates such a picture of tone and a, and a, and a and an energy in the voice that really speaks to people on an emotional level. It's almost like it's the wow notes. You can't get that from the bottom. It just doesn't have that same lift, that same zhuzh that it, that you get from when you're in the bridge. So I think to write songs in that area is to really give meaning to some of the lyrics. And so that's why, whether you like it or not, mm. you know, when you get good at that, you're going to sound amazing and people are going to be able to connect to your material even more. Absolutely. Yeah, it's that, as you say, the wow factor. It's the, it's the thing that... that the front row. Yeah, everyone's looking for the person who really who really nails that note, who really does it well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the why. That's the background, and it is basic. There's a lot more to that, isn't there? But let's talk about some other stuff. How 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 do you even do this? And I think it's easy. It's it's good to point out that some of these uh, fixes that we're going to go through, they are really quick fixes because you may be close to, almost there. You know, with a bit of strain. And so this kind of thing is going to work for you. But going down the line, really, if, if we want full success and the ability to, to be able to get to the high notes with ease and instinctively... Consistently across the, an entire song. It, yeah, about, and, and you know what, consistently, consistently across your whole career and in, in any situation on stage where you might not be able to plan how you hit those high notes, it is great to point out that you kind of need a regime of training to get you used to the changes that we've discussed earlier, the changes in resonance and what the vocal cords mm. behave like, so that when you get to those areas of your voice, you're not freaked out by the event that is the bridge. Mm. It takes a bit of time. And so what we're going to talk about here is more quick fixes, popping in and out of that high end, and, 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 and what we can use to get those one or two tricky notes if that's all we've got to play with. That's it. That's it. And so there's, we've looked at three ways that we can do this, okay? The first one is called vowel substitution. And uh, because we discussed that vowel shapes are incredibly important in shaping the vocal tract to give that sound the most energy and the best tone and, and support the vocal cords, then we can use vowel substitutions to find that spot better. And there is a blog post that we will link to in the show notes that can show you how to choose a vowel substitution. But essentially what it is, is you take a lyric, the one that's not working, and you substitute it for another that sounds similar but isn't the same. And that change can often bring about the right event, the right resonance change. And so we're going to look at Adele, we always bring her up because she always sings her songs in the bridge and everyone's always busting their butt trying to sing them. Mm. And so we're looking at set fire to the rain and and the chorus. Now, I have no idea what key this is in, so I'm just going to kind of sing it out as a demo, if you like. Mm. Um, and we want to we substitute the vowels on the lyrics fire and rain. Now, fire is an R. And if we look at the vowel substitution chart, which is on that blog post, we want to change that vowel for uh, R, R. And the reason why we've chosen that change is because 
that change brings about a closing of that vowel. The lips slightly narrow at the corners and that mouth closes slightly. And when you close a vowel often, it brings about uh, a better ability to sing in the upper ranges. For the most part, it, it all changes when you get really high. And so, we're going to swap, swap fire for fire, 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 with a U. And we're going to swap rain for rain. And that is a closing of the vowel, but with the tongue. Rain, rain. If you, if you say those together, you notice your tongue goes back and then it goes forward. And those vowel substitutions probably will bring about a better result if you sing that song. So if I was gonna, if I was gonna, yeah, what pitch would you choose? Well, I would choose maybe. Let's go for a G sharp for a guy then. So if this vowel wasn't gonna work too well, it would go fire. It would sound like that. And you that, hear the, you hear the ah, yeah. That vowel is going ah ah a bit a bit wide. The, the tone can sound yelly, and do you know what? That that may get so tight that you'll go ah, that you'll even slip off it because it's so tense. And so instead of fire to the rain, we don't want rain going too wide either or too open. So we're going to choose a closing of the vowel. So from fire to fire. Set fire, fire, and I'm saying fire. That brings about a better resonance on that note. To the rain, to the rain, rain. And so we get, we get that lift in resonance again because we're at this particular point in the voice where this needs to happen. That resonance is becoming dominant in another chamber, not the throat but the mouth. See, we just did physically and the result is a different vowel and so so that supports the vocal cords as well you tend to get a bit more energy from your vocal cords if you adjust vowels like that and you can guarantee that when we say it in our speaking voice it sounds ridiculous but up in the song no one's going to notice people will notice if that tone goes fire but they're not going to notice a fire and to the rain they're not going to notice that slightly closed rain mm. and and if that means that you can you can sing that tune and maintain good tone, you know, good volume, look like you're in control and enjoy it, then I, I would use that as as a as a first go to for for solving a song mm. like that. And so that's the yeah that's the first thing you can go to, and it's probably the the least dramatic change. Yeah, just modifying that vowel slide in order to create a different result. On number two, the second thing we'd probably look at, more dramatic, more drastic, but it's, it's changing everything into more of an uh sound when you go to sing it. And we're talking about blending vowels here, aren't we? That's it, yeah. Adding and that uh to stuff. Yep, adding it to stuff. <laughs> the, vowel, the vowel substitution you talked about is, like, you know, you could say that it's, it's related more to the lip positioning and the tongue positioning. This uh is a result of, of controlling the other main controller in the voice, which is the larynx that we spoke about earlier on. If we can add this er uh sound to anything that we're singing, we know that potentially it's going gonna, it's gonna to make things a little bit easy for us. Yeah, it keeps that larynx in the right spot and keeps space at the back. Mm. Yeah. So if we were to take a look at another song, which song would you... A song I struggle with 
frequently just because it dips into this part of the transition is uh, Stevie Wonder's Lately. Woo! What a tune. Massive fan. And uh, that, that melody goes from C sharp. It's in C sharp major, the song, and the melody goes C sharp, E flat, E for the chorus. Always start to cry. Yeah. Cool. And that's where we're at. And so that's what a lot of people have, have a trouble with, right? Yeah. So the word there that you, you mentioned there is the word start. Yes. Because we're in that bridge area on the E. So it'd be... Always start to cry. That's it. It goes start. a bit... Oh, that tone goes, goes out, doesn't it? It gets a bit sacrificed. Yeah. Now, if we're taking the second principle that we talked about here, the second tool to change things and make them easier, we're going to add a bit of uh to a uh... Yeah. Uh-huh. So, uh, 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 as in uh, uh. what on the word start, right? Yeah. So instead of start, it may end up more as start. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. In speech, but it sounds different when you sing it. Yeah. So, always start to cry. That's it. Hey, that sounds good. Thank you. And there's a, uh, you know, you're taking that same song on that next melody. Cause this time, time could mean goodbye. When we look at this vowel substitution thing on number one, 90% of the time, that vowel we choose, and, and look at the chart for this if you really want to understand, we normally choose the next more closed vowel to substitute to. Like with fire, it was fire, so R to uh, and with rain, it was rain, from A to E. However... Some notes in certain pitches actually need to go in the more open direction. And E is definitely one of those vowels that some of you will have trouble with. And so, because this time could mean... Yeah. You often hear that squeeze in there where people are going, okay, I can't figure this out. Just because of the way they're creating the E. That's it. Yeah. That E is a very closed vowel. If you say E-R, E-R, you'll notice that the tongue goes really forward and then really back. And that E really closes on the tongue. And sometimes the voice just needs a bit more space than that to, to resonate correctly. And so... What would you do there? What would you do on the We e? would go, E goes to ear. So we would say it like min. Because this time could mean goodbye, mean goodbye. And it's actually on its way to ear. And so then people may feel like actually that gets a bit more relaxed. It can, it can uh, open up and resonate well. Um, or, or as you've pointed out, it may just need a bit more uh, yep, underneath it. Time could mean goodbye, mm. mean goodbye. And that's with more uh. Yeah, so we talked about trial and error earlier on. That's exactly what that is. <laughs> Try well, it out. Yeah, yeah. Um, lastly, the third step on this in order to fix a part of a song, if you have one, is to completely remove the words and replace with a, a different sound that may work for you. That's it. And if, this, is if, this is if it's getting particularly tricky. This is what we go for when things aren't going um, instantly. Mm. And so that, like you've pointed out, with the help of a teacher or experimenting, there may be vowel sounds or words that work well in your voice. Like, have you got your favourite one? Mum. Mum works as a good go-to. Yes. My, I, I love guh or n. Yep. As being, as being vowels that I've messed around with and, and help resonance in, in the bridge for me. In the bridge. A little higher, one, one, that kind of thing. Yeah. That really works well. They're things you could try. Um, even nay and gi. I've I've used in the past, but but you know try these out if you're at home. Literally um, replace the words for those sounds. So so 
Taken lately, what would yeah. you... So taking your favourite one, what was yours? Mum? Well, yeah. That's the one. <laughs> Always mum, mum, If, for instance, the other two have not gone well. Yeah. So then you could even start this right from the start, though, and go... Mum, 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 Because you, you know what? I mean, it's swapping... Swapping the lyrics out for those vowels is really helpful. And, and just to give you a bit of background as to why that is, it's because we only have one vowel which encourages one resonance, one picture of the voice. It, other vowels would change that resonant picture and be really off-putting and sometimes would send it to the wrong place, i.e. the throat or the mouth inappropriately, depending on which pitch you're in. But if you have one vowel and one that you know works well through trial and error, then you can ensure that that resonance is going to place itself in the right spot throughout those melodies and pitches, and so you can get used to maintaining something that is consistent. Great, yeah, consistency is key. So um, bearing in mind this podcast cannot be two hours long, <laughs> and it really could have been. <laughs> you know, the vowel is just one of the one of the things we need to look at, and, and maintaining that vowel is is so important, and that's why we spent so much time on it today. Yeah. But there are other things that will work in line with that and need to work in line with that such as the core closure the airflow mindset the way you approach everything to do your singing will have an effect and making all of those things come together is what makes singing difficult yeah <laughs> and actually you know we just need to think about that kind of stuff as well right? absolutely it all embellishes your singing and, and the vowel is responsible for you know, 70 to 80% of the success of notes. So it is a very important thing, which is why we focused on it. But yeah, like like you said, being mindful of all those other things as well, mm. which probably filters into another podcast. Absolutely. Now, we've thrown, we've thrown lots of information into this today. If you've got any questions about any of it or about anything else, obviously, fire them through to us. Yeah, more contact your vocal coach even. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and we'll try and uh, let some more of this information and more explanation around this uh, permeate out into other, other podcasts and specialist episodes. Thanks. So that is done for our meet today. We'd love to hear from you and how you got on. Maybe some videos. If it helped, if you try it out, film it, let us know. It'd be S- awesome. Send it in. So that is it. That's our bones done, if you like. And uh, we now have our selection from YouTube uh, to deliver to you and it kind of embellishes the subject that we spoke about today in that some of the greatest singers in the world um, employ singing vowels in different ways to get a great result Mm -hmm. as that singing is very based around that and and one of those is Pavarotti. Pavarotti. Absolutely immense. He is insane and and him and him and uh, uh, you know legendary vocal coach Seth Riggs of speech level singing fame both go into this in a bit of detail in a YouTube video and it's worth pointing out there just before is that we I'm sure there's a lot of listeners that sing pop musical theater and sometimes often can just kind of switch off to opera because it's different yes. But actually, it's the same thing. It's the same oh, the, stuff. The principles are the same. It's just they're not as deep um, for for pop singing. Mm-hmm. They are very deep for opera. You know, it goes into such detail and accuracy. And so you can witness Luciano Pavarotti doing his biz in this.
Just this, but they permit you to make very, very noble sound instead of very white and strangled sound. And this is, in my opinion, the real key of the entire situation. You want an example? Suspect a strangle, eh? <laughs> if you do. I don't make much pure fatica. It's easier after 20 years, of course, but. but these support... So, yeah, go and check that out. That will be in the show notes for you to click on to. And uh, um, it is just inspiring, and oh, I just love it. He's love such it. a legend. So, that's us done. We would like to let you know about our next episode so you can tune in because it's very exciting. We have Rachel Lawrence on. Let, tell us a bit about Rachel. She's, she's most well known in the States for her work in musical theatre and, and film. Um, so, this, this next episode, episode five, is really for all you NT guys out there. Uh, those of you looking to audition or take the leap into West End or Broadway make sure you diarise this one because she really I, I don't think I've come across anybody that knows more about it she knows her onions she knows her onions she's been in audition rooms she's played she's you know, she's been the auditioner yeah so and, and she's a bloody nice girl so and that helps and that does help doesn't yeah. it so a lot of fun so we, yeah that's going to be awesome tune into that one but as we just mentioned, any questions for anything else, please let us know. We've got some places where you can find us. If you're on Twitter, it's at TMV Questions. If you're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash TMV Questions. Actually, on Pinterest. No. Wow. Uh, <laughs> you're responsible for that, aren't Thank you? Thank you. You love it. I don't even know. 70% of the people on Pinterest are female. Did you know that? I, how did you know that? Be, uh, uh, social media podcasts, weirdly. And so if you're a guy, I'd say that's the place to be. Get involved. <laughs> Hook them up. <laughs> Again, TM, forward slash TMV questions on Pinterest. Have a go, I mean, if you don't know what it is, or you know, today could be a new day. Yes. Learn experience. And, yeah. and please, it really helps us to be found and discovered if you uh, kindly leave us a review on iTunes. Just click on the five stars or even leave us some words. It is so helpful. And we will put a link to that at uh, thenakedvocalist.com forward slash podcast if you type that take you straight there it takes two minutes so please help us out and do that for us thank you very much i hope that you've enjoyed this and learned something today and we'll see you next time for rachel ciao for now